Hey, it's Seeking Plum. Authoritarianism has become such a dirty word these days, but I think there's more to it. Before I go on, I'm going to warn you, you're going to hear a bit of a bell and some noise in the background. I have a bit of a rambunctious kitten on my hands, and I'm trying to keep her a little entertained so that she doesn't get into any trouble. And my boy, well, he's not having it these days, so I'm on duty. Back to authoritarianism. So I've been reading this book off and on for way too long, but it's a bit of a dry read, so I'm doing it in fits and starts. It's called Authoritarianism and Polarization in, in American Politics. It's by Mark J. Hetherington and Jonathan D. Weiler. I'm going to first read you a quote about how they define authoritarianism. They say, by worldview, we mean a set of connected beliefs animated by some fundamental underlying value orientation that is itself connected to a visceral sense of right and wrong. Politics cleaved by a worldview has the potential for fiery disagreements because considerations about the correct way to lead a good life lie in the balance. Specifically, we demonstrate that American public opinion is increasingly divided along a cleavage that things like parenting styles and, quote, manliness map onto. We will call that cleavage authoritarianism. So this book is a number of years old and they have drawn information from a number of resources. They've also pulled loads of people to gather data. What their research showed is that those with higher authoritarianism and lower authoritarianism have different cognitive styles. Those who scored higher on the authoritarianism scale have a greater than average need for order. So they also think more concretely and in black and white terms. Those who scored lower are more comfortable with ambiguous shades of gray, which allow for more nuanced judgments. The book is full of information about the scale from one end to the other and how we approach life, things that we think about and how we judge, how we act, how we approach things. Now this isn't exact science, but they did talk about this being a scale. And they also talked about how it tends to be on this scale where some who are more authoritarian will spank their children and those who are less authoritarian tend to do time out. Those who are less authoritarian tend to lean towards diplomacy and those who are more authoritarian more towards the military action. There can be drawbacks and benefits for both sides of the spectrum. But just to summarize for a second, those who tend to score higher on the authoritarianism scale tend to think more concretely and in black and white terms. Right and wrong, they like order. Those who score lower on the authoritarianism scale, they're more comfortable with ambiguity and shades of gray, so they can consider more nuanced judgments. The book points out that this tends to align with political parties. If you hadn't made this jump yet, they say Republicans tend to be a bit more authoritarian, and Democrats tend to be a bit more non-authoritarian. Please don't take this in the light of how this word is being used now, because that's a completely different conversation. This book talks about child-rearing and relationships with doctors and police, and it goes on and on. There's all sorts of topics in this book. But the whole reason I'm bringing it up is I wanted to talk about our different cognitive styles of thinking. See, 
Because Republicans tend to be more authoritarian, I think this gives them a leg up when it comes to being organized for voting. Whatever your party affiliation, you may have heard it said that Republicans are really good at messaging. And I don't think that anybody can argue with that. Republicans come together and they vote together, for the most part. There are usually single issues that people vote for, and there's one right way to think about them. One right way. I'm not saying all Republicans think this way, or all Republicans vote that way. But the more authoritarian in thinking, the more black and white in thinking, there's a right and a wrong answer. The right answer is pro-life. Roughly speaking, that is. Again, this is a scale, an authoritarian scale. But I'm not here to talk about Republicans. I want to talk about Democrats. I think it's a little bit easier for Dems to unite against something or someone than to vote or unite for something or someone. Not easy, just a little bit easier. But we're sort of like, <laughs> pardon the metaphor, but we're sort of like herding cats. We all see a different issue or issues as vitally important. And we see these things with different shades of view, slightly different perspectives. Nothing is firmly black or white. I mean, just as an example, let's take one of those issues, turn it into a sculpture and place it in the center of a room in a museum. I'm standing two feet due south of it. You're standing northeast, but about 10 feet from it. If we were both to describe this sculpture, we would both give very different descriptions. Same issue, slash sculpture. We both see it as very important, but we have a very different view. Now, if you think it's more vitally important than I do, that also changes things. Because Dems don't unite the way Republicans do, this could be why you often hear Republicans saying that Dems don't know what they stand for. I think we do. I think we do know what we stand for. It's just that every issue we see just slightly differently. We have all of these shades of gray and these nuanced perspectives. It's not very orderly. And if we see things so very differently from someone who sees things very orderly, how do you express that back and forth? How do we express that to them? And if they see things very orderly and we see it very differently, it just makes for a very difficult way of communicating with each other. Not impossible, just a bit challenging. I think also another challenge for Democrats is that because we have all of these different perspectives and these nuanced views on issues, it makes it difficult for us sometimes to brush aside the chaff and vote on the most important factors to prioritize. Because even in doing that, sometimes we disagree on how to prioritize, how to triage what's most important. Everyone has a different view on what's important and even what scale to use for how to prioritize. Excuse my noisy eater. <laughs> um, I do think as Dems, we struggle with messaging, no question about it. But if we worked on it, would that be what unites us to vote collectively? It would have to be really excellently worded, well-messaged, marketed incredibly well, but would it be enough? I don't know, but I think it, it would help. I had some ideas of things I would love to see in an ideal world, 
But the more I reflected on them, the more I realized that it was really uh, a compilation, I guess you could say, of different forms of government and not necessarily the way our democracy works. Each representative and senator is fighting to be elected in their respective areas. They can't yet be a part of the overall party to make something happen yet. I was envisioning this way of unifying the parties, individuals in the parties, to communicate and come up with policies and speaking to the people about, you know, working for them and the government being, you know, for the people, by the people, and these policies not being about politics, but about the day-to-day life. But but this isn't how our government works. Not just, this isn't just cynicism speaking, this just is logistically speaking. It's each man and woman for themselves until they get to Congress. Then, then, I don't even know that it really is a unified group once they get there. It's still each one looking out for themselves and their home area. Which, to some extent, I understand, but then again, as a whole, are they really looking out for us as a whole? You know, when you think about it, it's not really efficient. You go through the vigorous election process, and then you're thrown into the hot water. Or, or is the DNC open to anybody who wants to become a future politician and wants to get their proverbial hands dirty? See, those who have gone before, no matter what it is, they know the pitfalls. They know when to leap, when to grab a handhold. They know creative ways around this and that or creative ways to approach things. It doesn't matter whether it's politics or tech or whatever. And if this isn't your first rodeo, I think it also helps to still come to the DNC or RNC because you're going to vote as a group, typically speaking, So you might as well get in there first, understand the people, how things work, begin to build policies together, especially if you want those people to vote with you. And if you can build some of these policies ahead of time, before you are even elected, they might help you all get elected. See, this is where I was originally going. If you can come up with creative and actionable policies that affect day-to-day life, Those could be things that people vote for, not necessarily the individual people or the politics, but if they can see these things that will affect their lives, that could be something that people get excited about. And if they see that it's not just you that's going into office that would be pushing this idea or be championing this idea, then they see that there's momentum behind it. That makes them even more excited. If these talking points come out on mainstream media, social media, if everybody in the party is talking about them, then citizens start talking about them. But it has to be created ahead of time. It has to be planned out. It has to be a strategy. It's not necessarily messaging. It's strategy. It's planning. It's thinking ahead. And if you're all running in different directions, doing your own shit, then how is, it, how, how is you going to come together? Especially, especially if we all have this nuanced, individual way of thinking and approaching things. I'm sorry for my potty mouth. I will try to clean it up. 
if we hop over to the Republicans right now, there are so many of them that are afraid to speak up against the president or speak up in any way because they're worried that their constituents are going to vote against them. Well, here we have a conundrum. In part, politicians are voted into office for the people, and this is the government by the people. However, however, they are in this role to make decisions that they are better equipped to do than the average citizen is, or they have become better equipped to do. So what's more important? Fear of re-election or doing the job that they were elected for? The present job or the next job? And I'm not saying this necessarily just for the Republicans, for, but for any politician. And I've sort of gotten all off track here. And maybe this is just a case in point example of, <laughs> of, <laughs> of how complex or messed up the, uh, not necessarily messed up, but just how different or um, frustrating it can be to um, message to a Democrat. <laughs> because for me personally, if you tell me one thing, I will look at that and I will try to evaluate it. And all of a sudden I will see too many different things and different shades of view. And, and who knows where I'll come out the other end. As if you've listened to these different segments, who knew I was coming out here because this wasn't my intention. I was talking about messaging and I thought I had some ideas of things to try, but it turns out they don't work in our system. They, logistically, they can't, which leads me to think about so many other aspects of how our government works and what might be more effective or interesting or possibly more efficient for all of us. The bottom line, I think it's really different or difficult to work with a bunch of people when you have a whole crowd that thinks very uniquely, each individual, very shades of gray. And then you have a more unified group that knows exactly what they think about what's right and wrong. That group is a little bit more easier to navigate, but trying to bring the two together, yeah, that's a challenge especially when you bring in a third party trying to divide us.